Welcome to Art Meet Offspring. I'm Monica Flory. Here we talk about how to make art with kids around and mind the habits of creative people to figure out how to make parenting easier and more fun. Today I'm talking to David A. Miller. David A. Miller is a director, playwright, performer, educator, and arts leader who is an associate professor of theater at Bloomsburg University. He's a regular contributor to the Kennedy Center College Theater Festival and is a resident director for the award-winning Amphibian Stage Productions in Fort Worth, Texas. David was the artistic director for the Artful Conspirators in New York City. He holds an MFA in directing from Rutgers University. He considers his breakout role playing the wizard in his school's fourth grade production of The Wizard of Oz. Our conversation starts in a moment. David A. Miller, welcome to Art Meet Offspring. Thank you very much. And so we're here to talk about uh, making art and having kids and how they go together or do not <laughs> or sometimes. Do not. <laughs> so um, I would love to hear more about the kind of art that you make. Sure. Uh, well, I'm primarily a theater artist and work as a director and a playwright and an educator. And this other title that I keep trying to find, uh, which is, I guess, artistic leader uh, and or facilitator of new play development and and, um, new works uh, that are not my own, sometimes my own, but uh, also for others as well. And also am a visual artist and not uh, necessarily formally, but that's definitely one of the ways that I identify for sure. And of sort of of all those different artistic identities, is there something that you're really excited about or really drawn to at this particular moment in time? Definitely. I've actually got kind of all over my desk here uh, a new play development project that I'm working on over this next year. Um, I've done a lot of work, again, with new play development, and I'm really, really invested in the best practices for new play development. I think there's so many times where we enter into a new play development process and it's very apparent which of the artists are very positive contributors to that process and those who maybe are not as skilled (laughs) in the decorum or the etiquette uh, of new play development. So I just actually led a workshop on new play development etiquette called Be Cool (laughs) and with a a playwright, professional playwright colleague of mine and uh, another colleague who's a uh, director and a dramaturg of new works and just trying to investigate that. So I'm really reaching out to a lot of um, uh, playwrights and directors and dramaturgs and actors who have been involved in this process and artistic leaders and trying to find out how do we best serve, and in my case, specifically college students, because I teach at Bloomsburg University, where I'm trying to prepare students for a life in professional theater um, in which they'll be successful, but 
also in ways that they will be successful contributors. And since new play development is such an important part of really the American theater in general, I would love to have them have models and opportunities to practice in developing new plays in the room. And again, as all the different aspects of theater making that they come at this with, with certainly actors, directors, playwrights, dramaturgs, also designers um, as well to be in the room for this process. So I'm really excited about that. And and, uh, that's going to be a big project for this next year, I think. How did you come up with the title, Be Cool? I love that. What? How did that come yeah, about? Yeah, well, I, I think it was mostly inspired by uh, Catherine Weingarten. She's the playwright I was working with, and she has this great language that she uses in her professional life, like the way that she tweets and the way it's like uh, her Twitter handle is even says a lot about this identity that Sarah Kane is sexy, <laughs> which... It's surprising uh, in itself. Um, And so it was sort of like, what, how do we just get to the point? (laughs) Look, just be cool. Okay. Just because we, everything we talked about, we kept coming back to some of these things may sound like common sense. (laughs) Like, how do you treat playwrights the way that you'd like to be treated as an artist? How do you use language that is supportive, but also asks questions or, you know, brings up ideas that are confusing or perplexing or challenging, but still in a way that takes care of your fellow artist, which, again, if we turn it around, I think we we want that, you know, as individuals. So why are we not doing that for the other person, including the playwright? And and, uh, so that just... Yeah, it just felt like, let's cut to the chase. And it was in all caps as well, be cool, Uh, a real command. (laughs) I love that, I love that. All right, so tell us, what would you like us to know about your family? Well, my family, especially with the, uh, in relationship to the topic. um, uh, So my wife is an actor and works primarily in TV and film, and uh, you can see her in a lot of commercials these days. And um, we've had the chance to uh, work together, of course, uh, Monica and Molly and me together, which is great. And we have a four-year-old named Dawson, and he is also naturally very theatrical (laughs) and uh, (laughs) is very much... Um, we continue to be curious about what he thinks is normal. Like, does he think what we do for a living is normal for lack of a better word or common, I guess, is maybe a better word. Does he think that a lot of people do self tapes in their home? Uh, (laughs) does everybody go to work at a theater space where they, you know, where actors are on stage? It's very much part of his life, um, and as is being at the university. I think that's, the, you know, because I teach at the university, he's in, in the spaces on campus as well. So he, that, that's his, his normal, um, are these, these spaces. Yeah. Cool. So where do you fall today? Do you think that he does sort of think that this is, 
this is what parents do. They do self-tapes and they yeah. <laughs> direct people on stage. Or I, It's interesting because we he goes to uh, preschool two days a week. And, and sometimes they do talk about occupations. And they, they had a, uh, you know, performing arts week where they were looking at different jobs, being a ballet dancer or being all these different things. And, and I think we were both very curious to see what he would offer about what we did or if he was going to like associate that, but we didn't really get any understanding from him that whether or not he did, you know, which is typical of any age kid coming home from school. Uh, did you have a good day at school? Yes. What'd you do? Uh, nothing. Or I played or uh, whatever it was. Um, so it does, yeah, it does seem like there's going to be a point where he understands that it's not that common. He does, he has articulated, this might be because of us though, uh, the, how creative he is. He's like aware of like the value of being creative and aware that creativity is an important part of my job and an important part of Molly's job. And it's so the, I don't know, the artistic values are just very much a part of his life I guess and even the even when we're we paint a lot at home too um and paint with acrylics on canvas um and that's just also normal for him um (laughs) and we set up easels and and go to town and um so yeah I, I I think he does he I don't think he need necessarily even has a need to understand that it's different or the same. It just is, I guess, at four years old. So how have your ideas changed about art or have they changed since becoming a parent? Yeah, um, it's definitely, well, this is an interesting year for that because not only because of the pandemic, but even just the age, now that Dawson is four, things are a bit different. Even the fact that he can play independently and, you know, we don't have to keep our eyes on him <laughs> and things like that. And I put a lot of things, a lot of things felt like they were on pause during the first three years, maybe. Um and of course, they weren't really on pause. I, I always try to find a different expression for that, but I was focused. <laughs> I was differently focused, um, but there were some things that I was not pursuing. And in particular, because of my different areas, like directing, of course, is very consuming and is on a very particular timeline relative to that production. And so I wasn't doing as much. I was directing at school, but even when I knew that Dawson was going to be born in September, I somebody else wanted to direct the fall show and I said, "Great, go for it." And they didn't understand why cuz usually I'm like <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit to direct more, but I was like, "Nope, great." And at that point it was early enough where I couldn't actually tell people that we were having a child. So um, so it was interesting. So I let go of some of those things. I didn't go to this annual festival, the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival, and where I was directing new work every year. So I took three years off of doing that, um, which was hard to do, but also the right thing to do, because when I wasn't teaching, I wanted to be home and available and also to be available 
so that Molly could be working full time. So we weren't kind of going back and forth. So it was, so just trying to balance that. Um, but I think the other thing that it, it definitely has influenced it is, is tell, is telling Dawson what, you know, what I, what I do and, and why I do it, you know, cause he has asked questions about that too, about why are you, why are you a director? Uh, or why are you, I'll sometimes ask, why are you an actor? But then I, <laughs> and I am, but I'm not as active as an actor as I, as I, even though I was trained as an actor initially, of course. And, um, so yeah, it's having to say what it is <laughs> and sometimes having to explain why he can't see one of my plays or listen to one of my plays because mm. the <laughs> mature content in it is interesting. <laughs> um, or he can sit it on just part of rehearsal and not all of it because sure. <laughs> there's going to be parts that are hard to explain. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's gotten like we did. Uh, I directed this play last March. We did open the first week of March, thankfully, opened and closed. And uh, Everybody by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. And it's a contemporary riff on the everyman, medieval everyman play. So God is a character and death is a character and all, and love is a character. And so he was in rehearsal and hanging out and there during tech and had lots of questions about why he was mostly, mostly they were, I think theatrical questions rather than philosophical questions. Cause he wanted to know why the usher <laughs> transforms into God uh, which I guess is a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the play, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know why why did he do that? Why did he do that? And you can't really just say, well, it's a theatrical convention, <laughs> or the role of that character is to usher everyone into the play, or anything else. You know, yeah. So seeing things through his eyes and having to explain what what we're doing and why has certainly been helpful and, and you know, or illuminating to as we know especially as educators or, or and as artists to articulate what you do and why you do it and how that changes from day to day or year to year is i think is helpful are there specific ways in which you feel that art shapes your parenting and the choices that you make as a parent I feel like the um, logistics tends to be <laughs> tends to be uh, probably the biggest way that it shapes our 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 parenting, um, particularly because we're both working artists and um, trying to make sure that we balance the ability to do our work and and take care of Dawson <laughs> and. Oftentimes, I think it's involving him in our work, <laughs> you know, with uh, in very positive ways. We just came across a video from it was I think it was like two years ago when he was pretty little, and we were trying to do a self tape. When he was little, little, it was a little bit easier because I would I would wear him in a baby carrier and be the 
director of photography for Molly's self-tapes, and so I'm, like, rocking him and holding a script and reading lines with her and starting the camera and (laughs) filming these things. When he got a little older, he also wanted to be a part of it, but then he'd want to start talking during the (laughs) self-tapes and be involved. And at one point, he even... he, He talked during a taping that was going really well and Molly was like, oh, and, you know, tried to not be frustrated, but also like, okay, let's stop. And he got upset because he knew he had overstepped, you know, and, and trying to do the same thing. So trying to find that balance of getting him involved because sometimes we need to, and sometimes it's also fun. Um, but being understanding when he's being, two or he's being three or he's being four um but i so i think the getting him involved has been important and then sometimes even just the logistics of i think about again the spring winter and spring last year when molly was going back and forth to new york and i was in rehearsal for the show um there was oftentimes a a handoff (laughs) that would happen where I'd leave school, I'd go pick him up from preschool, I'd drive back to campus and go into rehearsal, and he would be hanging out with me in rehearsal for every man, like for everybody, this (laughs) medieval (laughs) contemporary take. Um, uh, And then she would join me at rehearsal to then get Dawson and then take him home. And so it was just, and it was very interesting, this this like kind of dance, and I think... uh, really having to so conscientiously just let go of my own rules. Like I tend to be, as Monica, you may attest to is I, I tend to be pretty, it's not rigid, but I definitely have a structure to rehearsal and I have a, a I don't know, a self-imposed expectation for myself about what professionalism looks like and, and things like that. And so and, and bringing your kid to rehearsal is not not would not have been in my like list of things that is probably a good idea for a director to do, um, much less in a play that's not for kids. You know, like it's not intended for kids in any by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, but we just had to. I mean, it was just like that's the only way we could make it work. Where I could do my job and Molly could do her job. And of course, uh, he he loves it. He would just sit there and have snacks and just like just watch <laughs> rehearsal. And he still talks about it. It's you know, uh, nearly a year later, he'll t- talk about one of the actors. I wonder what he's like. I wonder what Reagan's doing right now. <laughs> she played Love. He was very enamored with her. And Jabril was in the play, and he's one of his buddies now. And he he you know he thinks about them a lot. And. Uh, yeah, and so it added – it also just added a, a very human element to rehearsal as well. My students loved it. And obviously on a college campus, there aren't a lot of four-year-olds running around. And he's a super social kid, um, He's and he's very present, which is, which is lovely. So, yeah, so I think it – I don't know. I think it actually helped uh, the rehearsal process just to bring that – in and that grounded spirit in to the room. He was also a, a, a guest artist in voice and movement uh, 
couple, three years ago when he was still crawling and he moved around on the mats and, and the students had to just imitate exactly what he did, echo what he did, which he <laughs> loved because then he would do things and see them do it. And he was like, oh, I have control. Um, that was hilarious. So I, I guess that's just still the, I don't know if I answered the question because I think it's still just the theme of our, I don't know, the, our, our work and our life as a parent are just so intertwined, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they have to be. And in, in a lot of ways in order to do what we do, but I guess it also, they wouldn't have to be, I mean, I guess technically we could, he could always be at a babysitter or something, but we would prefer to have him involved and as much as we, as much as we can, if that's what makes it so that we can spend more time with them outside of school. Mm, absolutely. Well, it also makes me think about what um, messages or models your university students are then getting about parenting as well. How like it's, it's part of Dawson's education. It's part of their education as well as having someone who is not self-conscious around, like, I feel like having a young child around, you know, everyone just kind of opens up because mm-hmm. there's not, there's a definite different energy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As you were saying. Yeah. And that's interesting. You're saying that too, because the model for students, I also teach the career seminar classes now. So like the class for outgoing seniors and, um, one of those questions that comes up regularly is, can, can I be a theater artist and have a family, right? Or even a healthy relationship. <laughs> and those are, you know, <laughs> those are those are good questions to to ask. And um, and I always try to guide them to, well, it's it's all about what you really want and value in your life, and then pursuing that conscientiously and. Yes, you can. It it, but it depends on what you want. You know what that set of values is. Do you want to dominate the industry as an actor and get every <laughs> possible award that's ever been granted to anyone? Um, uh, well, that I mean, yeah, you can do that and have a family. But also, what there's gonna you know at some point you're gonna. If you're choosing one thing, you're also maybe choosing away from something else, and that's okay. Or there's a version of your life. So, yeah, so showing how it can be, it can be done. And I try to be candid with them, too, about, you know, certainly living a life in New York and uh, not having kids until you're older is, you know, uh, is kind of par for the course there, which is why now out here in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, it's not, it's not the same thing. I go to Brooklyn and, and, uh, hang out with Dawson and all the dads look like me. We've got gray beards and baseball caps and you know, like <laughs> a youthful energy, even though clearly our faces belie that, that youthfulness, <laughs> but that's normal. And, uh, and out here it's not, um, like when even I was asked in Rhode Island, oh, is this your, uh, is this your grandson? <laughs> I said, no. Oh, yeah. We, we've been asked that multiple oh. times. It's pretty great. Oh, no. But that was a good one. I loved it when in, in uh, Rhode Island because he says, is this your grandson? I said, no, it's, no, it's my son. He goes, oh, good for you. 
So, but but nobody in Brooklyn would ever ask us that. Like they wouldn't even. Sure, right. You know, but but I think that's the that's the thing for my students too. I try to be very honest with them about that. Of like, well, yeah, it can happen. And I said, and and was honest that I I didn't know if it would happen for me. You know, in my life, um, even though I knew I would want that, but I but I really there was a a quite a number of years where I was very confident that I would not have a kid regardless of the relationship I was in because I didn't think it was going to work within the my career slash the financial realities of my career um really more than anything um so yeah so I'm able to be honest with them I'm like yeah my choice was or the choice that Molly and I really were both making was yeah, we're going to, we can wait. We're not going to have kids in our twenties, uh, living in New York. We're going to, you know, and into our thirties, we're going to start thinking about having kids and it's working out for us. Uh, most days, some days we're very tired (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and wonder if we should have started earlier, (laughs) But, uh, but can't turn back the clock now. (laughs) As a person who was working in the arts full-time and as someone who has so many different interests and avenues, was there, was there anything that you thought about becoming a parent that you were just wrong about that you look back and think like, actually I was wrong about that. I do, yeah, I do think, well, this kind of goes back to even, like, what I'm pursuing now. Um, Like, over this last year, I've been focusing more on playwriting, I think, than I have directing. Although then I've been directing some of the work that I've been writing, creating. So I guess I still am doing that. But, um, But it is, it's just different, I guess. I think that's, that is the biggest lesson probably for all parents, regardless of whether you're an artist or not, is, yeah, things change pretty drastically. (laughs) And yet they don't, in a way. Like, it's just a, it's a different prioritizing of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And I'm really thankful because, again, Molly is, and I... Uh, are very supportive of each other's work. And so we really do whatever we can to make sure that we both carve out time to focus on our work, not just do it, (laughs) but actually focus on it. And so if it is the simple thing of like Molly's got a self-tape that she really needs to focus on preparing for, Dawson and I will go to the park that morning or... Last week was a great example. She was going to go shoot a commercial in Atlanta and be gone for, you know, several days. And so we quickly, as soon as we found out about that, we shifted gears to, all right, I'm going to go work in the office right now and working on my curriculum for the school year and my new play development projects. And I'm really going to dedicate that time so that when she left town, 
I could really focus on Dawson and then do the things that I could do with him, which took, you know, that didn't have the same level of concentration. He could help unpack the boxes in my, the new office I was moving into and do things like that, or help me write thank you cards to the actors who were in the show I had just worked on or, or things like that. Like he could be part of those things, but he can't help me plan curriculum for a direct in class. <laughs> I mean, he might, he might disagree. He might have some great ideas for how to do that, but he can be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he did help me actually this summer. I was getting ready for, uh, uh, teaching acting for the camera for the first time. And uh, similarly, I was like, Oh man, I got to get ahead of this. Cause I really, for any, you know, you know, this well, Monica, that anytime you teach a brand new class, you know, you just try to prepare five times the amount of possible things that you could do. And then after like class session one, you, you realize how, I don't know, 75% of those won't work. Uh, and then you start inventing new ones. And I thought, well, how do I do this? I really got to focus on this, but I've also got to focus on Dawson. I really, I want to focus on Dawson and, I, and he deserves my attention. So I had him be the actor in my demo of doing a self-tape. Uh, uh, and I had a new green screen slash blue screen I want to try out. So like, great, he'll love this. So he, he did these three nonverbal activities. That was the first self-tape that I did for my class. And so I was able to then show my class that self-tape and we were able to critique it as if this was a professional actor submitting this tape. <laughs> and uh and it was great and he so he had a great time i was able to create this this model for students um i wasn't taking it too seriously you know or more seriously than i needed to i was i was being playful not only because i was doing it well in advance but i was doing it with dawson so there wasn't an expectation of i don't know perfection or like things like that so it was just that that was great you know do you and molly have any parenting hacks anything that makes your life as a parent easier or more fun i think um i think it is i think i think involving dawson for sure i think that's pretty pretty huge um i also think and again this is sort of a artist slash human being crossover um, one of the things is just getting, getting outside, uh, is such, it's such a huge thing, especially this year. Um, but also in life in general, probably any, any year of like making sure that we get just even truly outside, <laughs> like to the sidewalk. Um, and then that makes us want to go <laughs> further. Uh, and, uh, it definitely helps because it reminds us how much and will all of a sudden if he's scooting or walking or whatever he uses so much energy and he just like gets his yayas out and and we take time to breathe and look at nature and look at the clouds and look at everything else so I think that's huge to do together either in pairs or or, or together um, and then the other yeah the other thing is I think it is just uh, Again, what I've been saying, I think just incorporating him into the artistry. And like I said, with um, 
like painting, especially because painting is one of those things. It's a, a, a great example of something I love doing and I rarely give myself time to do that. And if I can then do that with Dawson, it's kind of, that feels like a cheat almost. I get to do what I would love to do. He also <laughs> loves doing it. We're creating together. So it's productive and playful. And then because I am sort of driven by, I don't know, deadlines and pro- I'm a very much a project person, um, as is Molly, actually, and so therefore Dawson is too. <laughs> and so, for example, we just submitted a painting into an exhibit here in downtown Bloomsburg that was called What I Did in Quarantine. And so we collaboratively created a painting where he drew the lines of an Empire State Building that he had drawn in school onto a big canvas. And then he coached me through the colors that the different elements should be. And then I painted on that canvas and he, and he did too a little bit, but then he kind of got a little bit, not even necessarily bored, but I think distracted by his star Wars Legos probably. And, uh, and started playing (laughs) with those, but right next to me. And so he's playing with the star Wars Legos and I'm continuing to paint the painting that he and I have worked on together and it just became a great creative activity where, I don't know, we were both very satisfied with it. And now it's hanging in this exhibit for the next month. And um, I don't know, it's something I feel very, I'm very proud of and feels like a real demonstration of, you know, including, including your, your child in your art making quite literally. <laughs> That sounds like a really neat project. Do you ever dream of how you will continue to collaborate as Dawson gets older? Do you just sort of think of like, well, you'll just take it as it comes? Or do you have anything in mind that you ever think like, oh, when he's a bit older, we'll do this together? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we we certainly, you know, being both being performing artists, we it, it, there's always that question of like, Oh, and, and mostly extended family will be like, oh, he's going to be a director. He's going to be a playwright. He's going to be an actor. He's going to like, we're like, eh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I could see him being, being a, maybe both a, a gift and a liability to his fourth grade teacher when she does the school play. <laughs> like, you know, like he's gonna, there's going to be a lot um, to manage and direct there, I think. Uh, but in terms of the long run, you know, who knows? Um, I don't know. I think we're going to keep talking about things and we're really into asking him what he wants to do. I mean, and he's like, he loves skateboarding and we go to the skate park and the, the basin and he chats with the other skateboarders who are like in their twenties and just like, he has full conversations with them and <laughs> tries out their skateboards and stuff and. Um, yeah, and I, I am curious, but, and I do think the only thing I can really envision is the projects will get bigger and more involved, whatever they are, whether it's like building a, I really want to sort of do a treehouse kind of thing with him someday, you know, um, just like when we, we did a, a big cardboard 
fort for him and he and I took it outside and painted uh, with tempera paint all over it so that we could be as messy as we wanted to and personalize <laughs> it and and again just selfishly I'm like that's fun for me too so um, so I imagine yeah I imagine we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna try to I got a bunch of PVC pipes so we can put together Molly sound studio so we can do some more voiceover stuff and Dawson's really super excited to help me put that together um, in whatever way that's going to mean. But he's, yeah, like I said, he's a project guy uh, as well. <laughs> Ready to just get in there, do whatever. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where that will where that will lead. Well, best of luck to you and your family with all those future projects. They sound amazing. (laughs) And what a lucky kid to get to be so involved in your and Molly's work and life and how it's really inspiring to hear how intertwined your parenting and your art and the rest of life um, comes together for you three. David's work, you can find him at mrdavidamiller.com. Thanks for joining us on Art Meet Offspring, where parents get to make serious art, creatives get to be great parents, and everyone is both tired and loved. I'm Monica Flory, and I'll see you next time.